All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday night. The website is christianmoney.com. That's where you can find all of my books, all of the links to my social media accounts so that you can stay in touch and follow me throughout throughout the week. Great show lined up for you tonight. We've got an interesting guest coming up here in our guest segment in 29 minutes. Her name is Karen B. That's her handle she goes by, Karen B. And we're going to be talking with her about the flat earth theory. Now, this is very interesting to me. I, for, let me start by saying I'm not a believer in the flat earth theory. Maybe she'll convince me. <laughs> I've always got an open mind, but I'm fascinated with how many people uh, believe in the flat earth theory. I'm curious to just find out more about this. It's a growing movement. And uh, this probably demonstrates more than any other show I've done in a long time, how eclectic I am. A lot of times people try to corner me and ask me exactly what my show is about. And I tell them, I don't even know from week to week what my show is about. I mean, one week you might have UFOs. The next week you might have somebody who's a medical expert. I mean, it's A to Z, right? I mean, Bible prophecy. Uh, we've got people on here, uh, politics a lot, breaking news, all of that. So tonight will be fun. I'm very, very interested. These people are well organized. They have big events uh, with hundreds of people. And uh, it's the flat earth theory. And uh, even some celebrities are convinced that this is true. Uh, notably, Shaquille O'Neal uh, made some comments about believing the earth was flat. He later retracted those comments, but uh, this will be a fascinating discussion. We'll also open up the phone lines for your own flat earth questions. Uh, I guess my biggest one is like, where's the edge? <laughs> I feel like I'm going over the edge a lot of days, especially during the last few months. So I want to know exactly where the edge is so that I don't accidentally, you know, go a little bit too far. Like what would happen if you went over the edge, if you found the end of the earth, where, where is it? And what would happen if you took one step beyond the edge, if the earth is in fact flat. So uh, this will be fascinating next week. Matt Brainerd is here now. If you're somebody that watches War Room Pandemic, which is an incredible show that you can watch on uh, One America Voice uh, Network, which is a channel on many of your cable uh, station uh, networks, uh, cable carriers will have this channel. Or you can just listen to it uh, uh, as a podcast with Steve Bannon. So he has this guest on from time to time who's an absolutely brilliant guy. His name is Matt Brainerd, and he's got all kinds of facts and statistics about what actually happened 
during the last election. We're not talking about Smartmatic and Dominion and all of that stuff. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual voter stats from the states that that the states have provided. And uh, it's mind-boggling if you listen to what this guy uh, has to say uh, about uh, just just the, the complete total lack of integrity in this last election. And speaking uh, about that, this is what's happening right now. So Joe Biden has just signed a new executive order and the new narrative about more people voting than ever before in this last election, why this is good for freedom. As the individual states try to get a grip on election integrity, the Democrats, including this new executive order from Biden, will attempt to expand unregulated voting by mail and other practices that would only encourage just, you know, common sense would only encourage more, even more voter fraud. I mean, and this is <laughs> this is what we're hearing. I mean, think about this for a minute. After all, isn't it American? I mean, how much more American can you be than to vote more than once? I mean, if it's if it's a good idea to vote once, I guess it's a good idea to vote more than once to vote after you're dead. Could you be any more American or patriotic than to vote from the grave? I mean, that's certainly making the point vote when you're underage. You're so excited. You can't wait until you're 18. So when you're 14 or 15, you cast your first vote. How about you're so patriotic and American you vote in multiple States. So you vote in the state you live now, but maybe you vote in all the other states that you used to live in. Maybe you'll, you know, maybe cast five, six, seven, eight votes. How much more patriotic, get this, can you be or can it get than to have more votes in a voting precinct than actual voters? Think about that. In, in your little section of your city, that there are more people voting than there are actually voters there. I mean, that really says how patriotic that you are. <laughs> I, I mean, this is where it's going. And so I don't want to tonight go all the way back to the beginning of COVID that it came from China. And is this all part of some larger plan? Honestly, the more I see, the more I wonder. I really do. Because what I think a lot of here's what's happening. Every time we lose ground, every time conservatives, we lose ground, we look at the ground that we've lost and we say, wow, look at how much ground we've, we just lost. Look at, at this election and what just happened and, and, and the lack of, of controls that were in place that allowed for all these questions to uh, take place about what happened during this election. But every time we do that, what we're missing is we don't really realize that we're not even we're not even seeing a sliver of the picture. So a lot of conservatives think this most recent election was stolen and they're really upset about it. And uh, Matt Brainerd's going to be here next week to give us some actual numbers. But what we're not realizing is that it wasn't just this last election. In fact, what it looks like to be shaping up is the elections going forward are stolen as well by by all of this so this is this is the new narrative because basically what they're saying is in essence since they were able to get away with it once with all this loose funny business and shenanigans 
you know, uh, water pipes breaking at midnight and everything has to be shut down, but a few people stay behind, but then there really wasn't a water pipe that broke this kind of stuff. Um, this is now the new roadmap going forward. These, uh, no chain of custody, um, you know, drop boxes for ballots, uh, voting by mail, uh, without even requesting the ballot or proving who you are getting a ballot in the mail. These kinds of practices are now going to be codified as the future way of voting. And anybody that stands in the way of this is going to be considered trying to suppress the vote. Or they'll go even further and say racist. Racist. You're, of course, you're a racist if you don't believe. For example, I believe everyone should have to show an ID to vote, whether it's by mail or in person or whatever your method is of voting by smoke signal. You should have to prove who you are. I guess that's considered racist in a lot of cases, which I think considering, you know, calling someone racist who asks for IDs is racist because you're saying that people that are minorities don't know how to get an identification card or a library card or a government ID, or you don't even have to have a driver's license, just some sort of government identification, which would be required for just about anything, opening up a bank account, uh, getting a passport. I mean, to travel, um, you know, doing any kind of, you know, uh, a lot of times now on the internet, you open up these different, uh, investment accounts, trading accounts, cryptocurrency accounts. You've got to prove your identity with two or three government forms of identification, uh, it, it's just it's it's insulting to say that it's racist to want people to prove their identity. But in any case, this is where this is all going to uh, all of this crazy, loose, funny business shenanigans. This is now going to be the new norm. And anybody that tries to question it is going to be accused of trying to suppress the vote, trying to, um, you know, limit uh, the votes in minority neighborhoods. This is what they're going to do. And so there's a, a new executive order from Biden, which is pushing to try to stop the states that are putting in place these various measures to try and correct uh, the questions of integrity from this last election. Now, tomorrow is Monday. So if you're watching live, this is going to be tomorrow and, and it's it's here already and it's going to be huge it's the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer that is charged with second degree murder in the death of George Floyd. And they've already, as I mentioned on last week's show, they've already put up these giant fences with barbed wire, the whole nine yards around the courthouse. Um, they're taking all kinds of precautions. And believe it or not, even before the trial begins tomorrow, tomorrow is jury selection. This will be televised this is going to be huge. It's, you know, I don't want to say as big as the OJ case, but I would say it's going to be up there. A lot of people are going to be watching this. And as I said last week, as is the case in every one of these police trials, the media it didn't tell us the whole story. There's going to be a lot of new information that's going to come out that's going to mitigate the situation. I still believe uh, I can't breathe. Uh, they should have let the guy up. They had him. They had three officers. Um, they had him in handcuffs. Uh, look, if you're a police officer and there's three of you and you can't control a guy that you've already got in, in handcuffs, then shame on you. I mean, you need you need some more training. This idea of holding him down like this when he's yelling, I can't breathe. Uh, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt and let him up. That's my opinion. Uh, I know some people, you know, say this this uh, prone tactic where they hold them to the ground as part of police training. I, I just don't think it's it's right to do that when someone is yelling that they can't breathe. That's just my view on it. 
But in any case, there's going to be a lot of mitigating facts that will come out. Uh, we already know there's going to be a lot about what was the cause of death. Was it fentanyl? Was it, you know, the amount of fentanyl in his bloodstream? Was it a history of drug use? Was it uh, a history of having heart issues? All of these things are going to come up. And then, of course, the burden is on the state uh, of, of Minnesota to prove that Derek Chauvin was the cause of death or contributed to some extent. And then, you know, who knows what happens? It's probably going to be some lesser charge that he's convicted of. But the protests are already going on right now on Sunday night beforehand. They're basically saying, look, <laughs> this guy better get uh, sent away for a long time or we're going to burn this baby down. That That's what the, the threat is already being made by these protests. So this is going to be very, very fascinating to watch the trial and really riveting to see what the reaction is when Chauvin will likely not get convicted of this top charge that is probably an overcharging uh, in this particular case. Okay, all right. The stimulus checks are coming. It looks like if you qualify for a stimulus check, uh, and you've got to check the numbers. The last I looked at it, it was 75,000 AGI for a single and 150,000 for a married couple. If you're under those numbers, you're getting $1,400 each. But let me tell you what the buried headline is in all these stories. It's the amount of money they're giving for kids. Uh, they decided that they're just going to go nuts with the amount of money they're giving for kids. They're doing this in the form of a refundable tax credit, which is kind of strange. I'm not really sure why they're doing it like this. It probably has something to do with an accounting gimmick and reconciliation and how they ended up pushing this through. But in any case, for every kid that you have, every child that is a dependent, you're going to get something like 3000 to $4,000 per child, depending on their age. So you get more uh, for the younger child under age six, and then you get a little bit less for the child over the age of six. But can you imagine a family that has, you know, three or four kids could be getting, I mean, over $10,000 or more in these refundable credits, which is basically going to wipe out all of your, your income tax liability Plus, you'll get the difference back as a payment. So it's refundable tax credit. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I don't know if anybody knows yet because it's still being kind of finalized. But this is going to be huge if you're, you know, a family with three, four, five kids, six kids. I mean, you're going to be getting a boat load of money coming here soon. Uh, so I guess, you know, we're all at, we're all at the trough, the government trough. So get your share. I, well, you can, uh, buy, buy emergency food, put it in savings, pay off some debts, uh, whatever, uh, tonight's sponsor, which is a great segue is internet paycheck which I would, you know, uh, say, look, one thing to do with some of that stimulus money is to join my coaching program where I teach you how to make money on the internet. All you need is an internet connection and there's all different ways that you can monetize, uh, you know, websites, blogs, videos, all kinds of things. And I, I had a question that came in from somebody that said, how quickly can you start making money from it? So the truth is that if you build your own website and your own platform online, it'll take a few months 
to start making a significant amount of money. But one of the things I teach you in my course, which is unique, is how you can actually go out immediately and and work as a consultant for local businesses. So we teach you how to build websites. You can go right out in your community and you can start uh, making money, building websites, updating websites for people. There's a lot of things you can do immediately working as an independent consultant that you'll learn from my class. In any case, check it out. It's tonight's sponsor so that we're commercial free. Internet Paycheck for Life com. I teach you all the ways that I make my full-time living working online. You can do this from anywhere in the world. You just need an internet connection. It is internetpaycheckforlife.com. I don't know if you have noticed this, um, the explosion in gas prices. But what I find to be fascinating is how everyone is going to the next step of explaining yeah, gas prices are spiking, but here's the big but. It's not Joe Biden's fault. I was uh, filling my car up with gas a couple of days ago. And uh, you know how this is? You're filling up your gas, your your car, and somebody's like standing right there filling up their car. So, you know, we were talking, I was talking with this uh, gentleman, a little bit older than me, uh, and, and he said, yeah, gas prices are going up. And I said, yeah, they sure are. And he then goes, yeah, but it's not Biden's fault. It's not Biden's fault. And he goes on to talk about OPEC and OPEC cutting supply. I said, yeah, but what about the XL pipeline and all of these uh, draconian measures they're taking against fossil fuel, the fossil fuel industry here in the U.S.? No, 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 it's not any it's not any of that. It's just OPEC. Uh, And so what I noticed was I've been reading, you know, some articles the last 24 hours about this. The media is doing this as well. This is the new narrative. It's like, yep. Uh, What Trump said would happen is Biden would get into office. They would start all of this crazy uh, anti-oil policy, which is what they're doing. Uh, And we're going to see a spike in gas prices. There is no greater tax on the poor. If you want to help out the average working American, there is nothing that is a greater common denominator than the price of gas. And even if you're someone that doesn't own a car, right? You're paying for Uber rides. That's going to be affected by gas. Even your groceries, which I've noticed a big jump in prices at the grocery store, that's affected by the price of gas because that, you know, the the items have to be delivered to the store. It really runs through the whole economy. But if you want to do one thing for the average guy, other than giving him a big bag with $1,400 in it, uh, the next best thing would be to keep those gas prices low. That is the last thing we need in this struggling economy is for people to be facing uh, these gas prices, which in some parts of the country, I guess on the West Coast, they're already north of four dollars because they've got so much embedded taxes in their gas uh, prices. But I, I find it amazing, literally amazing how the media is reporting on this. They're reporting, yes, gas prices are spiking around the country, uh, but keep in mind it has nothing to do with Joe Biden's policies or these executive orders or the XL pipeline or any of that stuff. It's, it's just, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the curtain basically is what they're telling you. So, you know, that's to me, I don't know. I think that's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal. And, uh, it would be a shame, uh, to see gas like here in Florida at one point we were 
around four bucks, I think was around the highest it got here. And that, man, that, that hurt me. It hurt, it hurt everybody. Uh, when you, when you're looking at the, uh, I mean, I don't drive a lot. I mean, I know people that drive into the city. It's an hour drive each way, uh, live in Chicago or New York city in those kind of situations. I don't know how they could afford it. You know, when gas is up at three, $4 a gallon, which in Chicago is another area with a lot of embedded taxes in the price of gas. But uh, remember, <laughs> when you're at the pump and it's, you know, three, four, five bucks a gallon, it's not Biden's fault. You know, you can only wish that uh, Trump got such <laughs> such support from the media uh, as Biden is getting the free pass on pretty much everything. And uh, speaking of Biden, there there is a an actual no exaggeration, no hyperbole here, an actual explosion in illegal crossings at our southern uh, border. It is such a crisis that now the state of Texas is actually stepping in uh, to try to stem the tide of what is happening down there. Uh, it is it's it's almost unprecedented what is happening. Uh, and this is all because of the messaging uh, from the White House. President Biden is basically signaling the world, uh, come here, you know, uh, the, the <laughs> come on in. The water's fine. Uh, you know, our, our front door and back door are, are unlocked. Uh, come on in anytime you want. And so we're, we're running it up against this crisis. And, and the most bizarre part of it is the same people that are actually breaking into tears, literally crying, literally shedding tears over the idea that Texas uh, got rid of their mask mandate. And I think Mississippi just did it. We've been without one here in Florida for a while. These people are, are shedding tears. They're so emotionally disturbed by the lack of masks. These are the same people that are opening up our borders during a pandemic and these people that are being let into the country are not being tested for COVID. Make no mistake about it. They don't have the resources to test them, even if they wanted to. It's They're not set up to do that. And if you look at where, what's happening in these countries, these Central American uh, countries, they are uh, almost entirely uh, unvaccinated populations. They're very poor. Um, they're carrying not just COVID, but a lot of other uh, diseases that have been, uh, you know, uh, you know, tuberculosis, smallpox, things like this in these some of these countries that have been extinct here in the U.S. Uh, for decades. But we're seeing these border these borders being opened uh, during the pan pandemic. So even if you are all for this incredible influx of people which to me is insane. I'm all for legal immigration. You know, sit down with the experts, figure out what the number is that we can handle that come in each year, figure out what the requirements are that we should have for screening, for, you know, background checks for criminals, uh, backgrounds, um, you know, medical screening, these kinds of things, figure out how to do it. And, uh, you know, let a certain number of people in here. I'm all for that. And I'm all for reforming immigration so that the people that are here that were brought here as children, that they have a path to citizenship. I think that all makes sense. But in the middle of a pandemic, uh, it got it got so bad in countries like Ecuador, which I know people that live there. It got so bad. So many people were dying. And now it's not as bad now, but they had so many people dying that they were put, laying the bodies out in the street like you would 
on garbage day, you'd put your garbage out. They'd put the dead bodies out on the street, sometimes sitting for days before the government could come around and actually pick up all of the dead bodies. Um, we do not right now during this pandemic. Don't tell me to wear a mask or to wear two masks or to social distance or any of this and then open up the borders and let people in without being COVID tested. I mean, we just can't have that right now, no matter what your view is on immigration. And then we'll close out our new segment with this. Uh, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, I don't know what this guy did wrong. I, I thought he was in tight with the Clintons who never get prosecuted for anything. Uh, I thought he was in tight with Biden, uh, who, you know, his son, Hunter, uh, you know, when is the Hunter Biden trial coming? It, it, you know, and all the money from China and Burisma and all. I mean, I thought Andrew Cuomo was in the club and that he was Teflon like all these other people. I can't even keep track of how many women now have come forward accusing him. And now there are men coming forward accusing him, not in a sexual way, but just accusing him of being a bully. And then, of course, there's the nursing home uh, cover up. And uh, uh, there, this guy is being thrown under the bus. I mean, he is done. And what is fascinating about him and Newsom out in California is there was talk about Cuomo uh, being groomed for the presidency uh, and also for Newsom, like maybe four years or eight years from now that they would be uh, who you'd be looking at on the uh, Democratic ticket for president. And uh, you've got Newsom facing a recall, a total disaster uh, happening in California. And then you've got uh, Cuomo just uh, on real uh, what's happening with him. Uh, they're talking about possibly criminal charges, um, not even for what he did with putting the COVID infected people into the nursing homes, but for lying and trying to cover that up um, in, in later uh, reports that that were issued. So uh, shocking stuff uh, to watch what's happening in the news. All right. We're going to take a one minute break. We'll refire the open. We'll be back with our special guest, Karen B, as we talk about the flat earth theory. Why are so many people now embracing this idea that the earth is flat? This will be very interesting. We'll take a one minute break and we'll be back. Stand by. <laughs> 